0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Once you open up your words tonight to the book of Mark, I realize that if we're going to get through the book of Mark, I'm not going to be able to uh, just do it, uh, you know, uh, just one uh, each Sunday morning. So if we're ever going to get through the book of Mark, We'll have to do more than just Sunday mornings because we've been on this for a long time and we're only up to like chapter 11, and it is so filled with 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 the works of Jesus Christ. And I believe in the year 2021 that the body of Christ and indeed the world needs to see more of the works of Christ. You know, it's a different thing knowing about what Jesus did uh, and knowing what he is doing seeing what he is doing in our lives today uh, the Bible and in, and, and in fact the church the church is not designed to be a refrigerator to preserve the works that God did the church is designed to be an incubator to actually you know, uh, uh, develop the works that God wants to do and the inspiration that God gave us for that, of course, is his word. The seed of the word of God. That is our inspiration. That, 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 that's not just our inspiration, but it's our faith. It's our, you know, it's our motivation. It's, it's all the things that God has given us so that we can also work the works of God. Now the works of God that God might want us to do, you know, uh, it, 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 uh, it may be something so simple as feeding the hungry. So simple as well, you know, ensuring that they have water to drink or clothes to wear or a shelter over their, 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 their lives, a, a home. It can be very, very simple. In fact, Jesus said that if you did these things, it doesn't necessarily have to be some great manifest healing or miracle, but to many people who are hungry tonight, a little food would be the biggest and the greatest miracle that they could receive. The greatest, however, that God wants and hopes that we will do is we will use every opportunity in reaching out to minister to people to do exactly what the Word of God tells us to do and that is to bring the lost to Him. Everything we do in the name of Jesus is aimed at you know, uh, uh, keeping people okay until we can get the gospel of Jesus Christ to them and then continuing to help them find out how they can not only be blessed but be a blessing and so God has this long-term investment in our life he wants us to make sure that we are engaged in the work and there's no uh, you know a gospel Matthew Mark Luke and John no gospel more intense about the work of Jesus Christ than the gospel of Mark many people imagine that the apostle Peter dictated this to Mark because, as many of you know, Mark was not a disciple. He was not one of the 12 disciples. He's not a, one of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. You know, he was just a young boy in, a, and, uh, in, in, in Jerusalem. And he came to faith in Jesus Christ uh, during the initial church age most likely, with the church in Jerusalem, uh, perhaps with Pastor James before he was beheaded, or, or, or you know, uh, 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 James and John before James was uh, 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 martyred, or perhaps Pastor James, the half-brother of Jesus, who also pastored the church in Jerusalem, you know, for years. We don't know exactly when Mark made his decision for Christ, but he began to be a disciple. He went on missions trips, and you know he wasn't always successful. In fact, uh, he got exempted from taking a second missionary trip with the Apostle Paul because he quit on the first missionary trip. But later on, the Apostle Paul said, Hey, look, you know, Mark is profitable unto me. Bring him to me. And Peter uh, allowed Mark to travel with him. And uh, Barnabas allowed Mark to travel with him. And so Mark had a very in, uh, 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 great investment in the first century church all over the known world. And his gospel, the gospel according to Mark, it it doesn't start with a genealogy like Matthew did, you know, Luke, it doesn't start with the birth, it doesn't even start with the beginning like John did. It rather starts in you know, uh, a power-packed way with, with the, you know, the works of Jesus Christ. And then it gets right into all the things that Jesus was doing. And by the time we get to the 11th chapter, only 11 chapters in, Jesus is one week before the crucifixion. I mean, he's already talked about the miracles, the healing, the walking on water, the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 7,000, you know, the, the, you know uh, just, just miracles, you know, calming the storms and raising the dead. And here we get to the 11th chapter, and Jesus is standing just in his last week of earthly you know, life and ministry, actually one week before the resurrection. And so uh, as we pick up in the 11th chapter, the Bible says... Uh, now when they drew near to Jerusalem to Bethage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent Jesus sent two of his disciples and Jesus said to them, now bear in mind, they have been following Jesus for three and a half years. His disciples, they were faithful servants of Christ. They were workers. He used them to feed the five thousand. He sent them on missions, journeys. He sent them out to preach. He sent them out to teach. They're walking with him now. They've now entered into you know the last journey that they would take with him in this earthly life and ministry. And they have seen him do amazing things. And he's about to tell them something very amazing. Okay, this won't be his last time to do this, by the way. He says to them, two of them. Go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this, then you say, the Lord has need of it. And immediately he will send it here. Now this, this is really a, an amazing display of the divinity of Christ. Of the Godness of Jesus Christ. He was son of man and son of God. But this is such a a prophetic, uh, such a profound display of foreknowledge. Can you imagine? And here, there's no indication that these disciples say anything but yes, sir. There's no indication that they're saying, wait a second, how do you know there's going to be a tide there? How do you know that as as, as soon as I enter into the city, how how do you know this? Well, he knew it because Jesus not only knew the thoughts and the intents of a person's heart, but he also knew what they would do and wouldn't do and would say and wouldn't say. It, uh, you know, foreknowledge is not necessarily that, that he, he was going to make them do it, but he knew what man would do. Do you know he knows what you're going to do? He knows what you're going to do. He knows what you're going to say. He knows what you're, what you're capable of, and he knows what you're willing to do. So amazing here. This is you know, really overwhelming to realize that, 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 that God... You know, deals with man in such a way that God can accurately predict what you will do whenever He gives you a word. When God asks you to do something in the morning time, whenever God asks you to do something, you know, in your night time, in a vision of the night, whenever God speaks to you, God already knows what you're going to do. God already knew what, what uh, Jonah was going to do. The Bible says that when Jonah said no to God and he got on a ship going the wrong direction, God had already prepared a fish. The Bible also says that God knew what Abraham was going to do. When God said to Abraham, I want you to to, uh, go northward, you walk northward there, and I'm going to show you a place to go up to, and there I want you to sacrifice Isaac. And so he walks north. And three days into his journey, God says, there's the mountain. He walks up to the mountain, and it's at that mountain where there was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. Now, I don't think that some angel threw that ram there. He didn't search. I believe that ram was walking around. That thicket had grown up for years. And God knew, but he also knew that Abraham would obey him, that Abraham would be there at that moment. In fact Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh it's the mountain on which Jesus would later be crucified Jehovah Jireh means that in the mountain of the Lord it shall be seen what shall be seen provision we call Jehovah Jireh the Lord our provider but literally it means that in the mountain of the Lord it shall be seen provision is waiting upon you to get to where it is you know, provision is always where God intends for you to be. You know, Jonah's success was in Nineveh. It was not in Tarsus. It was in Nineveh. And success was waiting on him to get there. You know, Jesus told them, you know, uh, go, go into this city across from you. And when you enter into it, you're going to, he, he told them exactly what they'd find. You're going to find a colt. You're going to find this colt tied outside a door and, and uh, you're, you're going to basically start to untie it and bring it to me, and somebody's going to ask you what you're doing. And you tell them that the Lord has need of it, and they're going to basically say, okay. Now, that's just a pretty, pretty tall order, you know? You know, as I said, this is not the last time Jesus is going to do something like this. If we were to jump to Mark the 14th chapter, in Mark chapter 14, the Bible gives us Again, the intervention of the Holy Spirit on the hearts and minds of men and women. How He intervenes, and, 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 and how men and women not only hear God, but they act on what God says. Many times, perhaps not understanding the implication, but they act, you know, uh, as a servant of the Lord. God knows what they're going to do. In Mark, the 14th chapter, Jesus, on the, the day before, He's going to be crucified, is speaking with his disciples again. And Passover is, you know, uh, it's ready. He's, he's ready to eat the Passover, but they need a place. And so in verse 12 of Mark 14, And the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover, the disciples said to Jesus, Where will you, where will thou that we go and prepare that thou mayest eat the Passover? Verse 13, and Jesus sent forth two of his disciples and said to them, go into the city. Here again, he's sending them to do something, but he knows what they're going to do, and he knows what the people that they're going to meet are going to do, and he knows what they're going to say. He knows it all. It doesn't mean that he made it happen but it does mean that he knew what people would do how they would respond to him he said you know uh, go into the city and there you're going to meet a man bearing a picture of water follow him <laughs> doesn't this sound like you know some you know a uh, fantasy adventure or something no it's prophetic Jesus here is saying okay here's what I want you to do you know Where shall we eat the Passover? I'll tell you what you do. You go into the city, two of you, and you're going to see a man carrying a water pitcher. Follow him. Verse 14. And wheresoever he shall go in, say, You guys say to the good man of the house, The master saith, Where is the guest chamber? Where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples. You just go and find the the owner of the house who's carrying the water pitcher, and you say to him, The master is looking for a place. Where is the guest chamber? The master is ready to eat the Passover with his disciples. Verse 15, and he will show you a large upper room. Isn't that amazing? Furnished and prepared hold on a second, wait, 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 wait. I've been to Jerusalem, I don't know, you know, uh, uh, two or three dozen times, I'll say, three dozen times, okay? I've walked through those city streets. They have a place called the Upper Room, but it's, it's you know, only about 800 years old, that, that, that particular building, but they say it's in the same spot. I've walked through those city streets numbers of times. Can you imagine, you know, someone's living, someone's living there. This is not a New Testament period, as it were. They were still under uh, the law, and here all of a sudden, Jesus knows. Jesus knows that, that when these guys get to the city, they're going to see a man carrying a water picture. And you follow him to his house. And when you get there, you say to him, the master, you know, is wanting a place to eat with his, where's the guest chamber? And you're going to be shown a place that is already furnished and already ready. You know, I don't know. You may imagine, I might imagine, he's, there's, there's a family of angels living there or something. I don't know. But, you know, no. It's a family of real people somebody's heard from the Lord somebody's heard something from the Lord and you know what it might not have made a whole lot of sense one morning I got up early one morning this is in 1981 I got up at my house in Sims Texas and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me during my prayer time. I had a prayer list that was, you know, several sheets of paper, and I felt like people were going to hell if I didn't name every one of them. You ever feel one of those, you know, I felt like if, if I put it on my prayer list, I had to pray till, pray till Jesus came or till it happened, you know. And I, so I was, you know, I, I, I would just pray for hours and hours, feeling like I had to call everybody's name. And so while, while, while I was praying, I got to somebody's name, and on that name, the Spirit of the Lord, I really believed, He spoke to me and told me, told me to leave my house and to drive to Texarkana, Texas. And by the way, I had to borrow a car to do that because we didn't own a car. I had to borrow a car from my daddy. It was a little Maverick, a little yellow Maverick. Do you remember that little yellow Maverick I borrowed from my dad? And I told Brenda, I said, I said, I believe the Lord spoke to me and told me to take this person $7 and I don't know, 46 cents or 34 cents. I don't remember exactly, but it was a, it was a specific number, like $7, $7 I'll say, in 46 cents, okay? And Brenda looked at me and I said, I know, I don't know, what to, I don't know what to say, but I believe the Lord said that to me. And she said, well, then you better do it. So I called my daddy and he brought me a car. I hopped in it, and I had, you know, I got that seven dollars and you know forty six cents or thirty four cents, whatever it was. I got it and I put it in an envelope. I wanted to be obedient. I was just that, just that much in need to 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 experience God, I guess. And God, you know, I mean, uh, so I drove to Texarkana. I knew where this person lived. They lived on Eighth Street in Texarkana. I drove up to their house and pulled up and it was fairly early in the morning. It was still probably, you know, uh, before seven o'clock. And I went up on their porch and I knocked on their door and I knocked and I knocked and I knocked. And the guy that I knew came to the door. He opened up the door and he said, yeah, he, was in a, he, he, was, he had his uh, house coat on. And he said, yeah, what are you doing here? I said I know you're going to think that I'm crazy he said well what do you need I said I don't need anything but I held up the envelope I said but the Lord told me this morning in prayer to bring you seven dollars and 46 cents or 34 forgive me but I'm just you know I I don't want to misrepresent it so it was one of the other something like that here and he said what He opened up, there was a screen door on that, uh, he opened up and he pushed that screen door open and he grabbed that and he hollered, Rhonda, that was his wife, Rhonda, Rhonda, Rhonda. And she came running and had her house coat on and she came running she said, what, what, what? He said, $7.46. She went, what? And they began to dance and sing and shout and spin around in there while I'm still standing on the porch and looking through the screen door. He came back and I said, hey, hey, listen, Ed, Ed, what's going on? You know, he said, you know, we were just praying this morning. In fact, we were praying while you were uh, knocking on the door. We were praying and you kept knocking. So we got up, we were praying. We needed $7.46 dollars 46 to finish paying this month's bills. We had everything except an amount. And we heard a sermon on being specific. And we had just been praying, Oh God, would you give us $7.46 or $0.34? Would you, would, you, would you, Lord, would you, you know, and, and that knock on the door. And here we are interceding, asking God, you know, and believing God and trying to work up our faith to believe God that God would hear our prayers and because we just heard this sermon. And you knock on the door and $7 and you had the exact to the penny i said well praise the lord let me tell you sometimes it may seem like something crazy i went back home and told you know brenda i told her, i said you're not going to believe this and then i had them come because i told church about it i had them come to my church and give their testimony because it seemed so incredible it was almost too incredible for me to believe i'm not like getting up the next morning wondering was i dreaming did i what was going on there you know uh isn't that amazing that's amazing You know, maybe that happened to the guy that morning that said, Listen, I want you to prepare a room for somebody that's going to come and eat Passover with 12 men in that room. I want you to lay it out, and I want you to furnish it, and I want you to make sure that everything is there. We don't know, but we do know what was happening. He was out getting water maybe for that, you know. Maybe, you know, maybe for the foot washing, you know, because nothing was left out. Somebody did it. Why? Because, you know, God is is not a coincidence. You may remember, uh, you know, if you read that, you'll find out that it happened just that way, by the way. God deals with men, and he continued to deal with men to the church age. Do you remember uh, in Acts, the ninth chapter? when Saul of Tarsus was on his way to Damascus and a great light shined and, 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 and he was blinded by the light and he was told you know, uh, to go into Damascus and he went into Damascus and he was sitting there in a house uh, you know, uh, blinded and, and, and waiting. Uh, uh, in, in, in chapter 9, verse 10 of Acts, the Bible says, Now therefore there was a certain disciple, not an angel, okay? but a certain disciple named Ananias and to him the Lord said in a vision Ananias and Ananias said here I am Lord that's the first thing we got to do here I am Lord here I am Lord Lord what can I do what do you need Lord what is it Lord that I could be a part of today what could I be a part of this week Lord do you need anything you need anything special you know you may be someone's angel Ananias just said yes Lord here I am and so the lord said to him and by the way i'm talking to somebody here when the lord calls you the best thing you can say is here i am whatever he calls you to do and that may come later but the calling the feel that that, that god wants to speak to you and wants to give you something first thing you need to do is say well okay here i am here i am that's exactly what uh, uh, the, the old priest eli told samuel to do here, here i am lord here i am lord i'm listening i'm listening because he was calling Samuel's name. Samuel kept thinking it was the old, the old priest, uh, uh, you know, Eli. And, uh, no, I'm, uh, it, it's it, it, no, what the Lord's calling you. Next time the Lord calls you, he said, the next time the Lord calls your name, just say, I'm here, Lord. I'm listening. What do you need? And that's what he did in Ananias. Uh, Ananias, yes, Lord, I'm here. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus for behold he is praying and look what happened and in a vision he has already seen a man named Ananias I've already showed him you're coming coming and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sign and y'all know Ananias we you can continue reading he said wait Lord no Lord I don't want to do that this man's a mean man you know the Lord already knew he was going to do it anyway he said well you know I've already told him you're coming I've already told him. I'm going to take care of it. I'm just going to take care of it through you. Well, you know, the Lord calls our name. The Lord, you know, uh, knew what Ananias would do. The Lord knew there was a man with a picture. He knew that there was a colt tied, and he sent two of his disciples. He told them what they would see. He told them, prepared them for the questions that they would be asked because he needed something. And when the Lord needs something, in that day he could have walked over there himself. In this day, he needs you now more than ever. He says in verse 3 back to back to Mark, okay? Back to the story. Mark 11. And if anyone says to you, "What are you, you know, why are you doing this?" say, "The Lord has need of it and immediately he will send it here so they went their way and found the colt tied by the door outside on the street and they loosed it just what Jesus said they saw exactly what Jesus said they would see but some of those who stood by said to them what are you doing loosing the colt and they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded and so uh, they let them take that little colt well, I like what the King James Version says, and I believe that the King James Version has, has a, uh, 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 I believe it to be, a, present a more accurate picture of this. I, I just read that from the New King James Version. But read uh, verse 4 with me in the, in the King James Version. And they went their way and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways meet, met and they loosed him. That uh, uh, in a place where two ways met is basically one Greek word and it literally means a fork in the road or, a, or, or, or two roads meet, where two roads meet, where you could go one way or the other at a house. Most likely it was a house sitting on the corner, a house in which, you know, this young colt was not allowed in uh, uh, in the house, of course, so he was tied outside the door at a at a place in, at a fork in the road. Now, uh, we know the colt was young because no one had ever sat in on it. It, it; it had not been trained. And there's also some indication that this is not just a colt, but this is a philly colt. Okay. And we do know that Zechariah prophesied that it would be the colt of a filly for the different Hebrew words that are used. In Zechariah, you know, you should see your king coming, riding on a colt, on a foal. Uh, A foal of a she-ass is what it uh, it indicates. Uh, And you'll see uh, at the end, and, and they shall, Mark four eleven and they shall loose him. That word him means him or her, them, they. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's used uh, 5,700 plus times in the, in the New Testament. It's used for Mary, okay, she. You know, uh, so it, it, it just means it's a pronoun for, for whatever you talked about before. So does, this, this him is not, uh, d- does not delineate this. And, and you know, I, I I I don't I can't tell you for sure that it was a female cold, but there's an indication, of course, because of the overlay of the body of Christ, of the church being the bride of Christ, and and us even today, more now than ever, uh, we 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 many many uh, many churches, as it were, are 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 tied, uh, restricted, uh, confused, limited, uh, you know, uh, held down, held back, bound. Uh, you know, many, many in the church, many Christians, uh, let alone the lost of the world, that Jesus wants to use. But you know, that Jesus would use to carry him into the next city and to take him into, in, into a triumphant moment. You know, that this little cult was chosen, you know, young and inexperienced and 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 you know a burdened, uh, you know, tied, restricted, held down, held back, not allowed to be free. And 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 one of what the what, what he wanted the disciples to do was to lose him, was to was to set him free. Set up there in a place where two roads meet. They could go this way or this way, and so many people today could go this way or this way. Even Christians. Christians, even even you know tongue talking, spirit filled, Holy Ghost believing, you know praying Bible Christians are at a place. Many of them where they could go this way or this way. They they're, they're they're tied. They're confused. They're bound. They're limited, and they're not even sure which way to go. And many of them don't even feel like they can go into the house. They're they're, they're tied like like you know uh, prophesied of Judah in Genesis forty nine, where where Jacob prophesied that Judah would tie his colt to a to a vine. You know and 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 uh, you know. Uh, Here this cult is bound, confused, limited, restricted, held back. And, of course, we see a picture of the future church that Jesus would be dealing with, his bride. Listen to me, church. There are a lot of churches, local congregations, denominations, organizations that really have a lot of potential. Been called by Almighty God, but are tied, limited, confused, restricted, held back because of one thing or another in their lives. Circumstances, situations, maybe they've never been trained, maybe they've never been harnessed, maybe they've never been bridled, maybe they've never felt the weight of ministry, maybe they've never felt the weight of Jesus in their life. Maybe they've, they've, maybe they've never carried anything or anyone anywhere. You know, and they're at a place where two roads meet. They could go either way. They could go the way of the world and just make the church seem as though that it needs to be comparable to the world so it won't offend anyone. Or they could go the way of Christ, which saves souls. I heard something this week I I woke up in Phoenix, Arizona this morning. I heard something yesterday from someone that, you know, uh, this is what they said. They said, if Jesus is misrepresented, he will be rejected. If Jesus is misrepresented, he will be rejected. He will be a Savior that can't save. We can't afford to paint a picture of a Jesus who is not Almighty God, omnipotent, omniscient, all knowing, all powerful, omnipresent everywhere. Our God is like none other. Our God is not a theology. Our God is not a doctrine. Our God is not a testimony. Our God is not an experience. Our God is almighty creator of the universe and his son Jesus is savior of all he knows everything he knows your thoughts he knows your intents he knows his call upon you he knows what you're capable of he knows what you fail at and he knows what he needs you to do in order to win the lost in this season refuse to be tied in a place where two roads meet and stand confused the Lord is sending disciples out maybe he will send you to someone who's confused maybe will send you to someone who really needs to be loosed and set free and and brought to him and so that they can feel the weight of the responsibility of carrying Christ in the next city or into the next season of life but we cannot carry a Jesus that has no power to help we cannot misrepresent this loving giving forgiving wonderful saving gracious lord that little donkey you know they brought him to jesus or brought her to jesus whichever one they brought it to jesus (laughs) that's what jesus said and they'll send it and there the disciples took their mantles off their coats you know that identified them as disciples of Christ that identified them as students of a rabbi and they laid them on the donkey this unproven young choice of Jesus to ride into Jerusalem on his triumphant entry and then others in the crowd Took off their garments and laid them in the way, and they cut down palm branches and laid them, and and the children would run along, crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the King of Kings, and Hosanna, Hosanna. You know, uh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, riding meek and lowly. And I mean, everybody knew Zachariah's prophecy. Here he comes in Jerusalem, clapping and shouting. You know, don't you know this little donkey felt like, you know, my goodness. He got back to the barn that night and said, Ooh, you should have seen what they did for me. I must be somebody. No. They were clapping for the one you're carrying, and that's what they'll do with you. If you'll carry Christ, you'll find people excited to see him coming on your shoulders. We as ministers and we as ministry and we as disciples of Christ... We have an obligation to trust the young that God is calling. Unproven as they may be. But yet when he calls, we must share our mantles. Share our ministry. And release them to do what God has called them to do. Even women. I just... that in that one in my notes. Okay. (laughs) Do you do you get the message? Jesus knows what you're going to do. But like Ananias, like Jonah, like like Samuel, like so many, he still needs you to do it. He just needs you to say yes. He needs you to be willing. And if he encourages you in the morning to witness or to, to, to just, you know, pray for someone or, 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 or to share with someone, you know, then just do it. It may seem crazy to you, but that's $7.46. That has meant a lot to me through the years. You know, I realize God really can speak to you and then speak to somebody else prepare them and when he prepares them and you're willing to do something you can be an angel and you can raise the faith of so many people in christ amen Amen. thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from pastor ron hammonds visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date as well receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.